If you've ever wondered about what goes on behind the scenes at restaurants, then you're in the right place. This podcast takes you inside the minds of restaurant owners, chefs, bartenders, servers, basically anyone who has anything to do with food, drink, or hospitality. I'm Brady Vixilio, owner of Steinhilbert's Restaurant in La Bella Italia on Laskin Road in Virginia Beach. Welcome to The Czech Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, co-host of The Czech and owner of Cobalt Grill Restaurant at Hilltop in Virginia Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We'll be talking about restaurants, people who work in restaurants, who own restaurants, and the people who like to dine in restaurants. Today, we are honored to have Kevin O'Connor from O'Connor's Brewing. Hey, Kevin. Welcome. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, Kevin. Welcome to The Check. How you doing, Alvin? Doing well, thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to both y'all. Like a lot of people, your college years in, uh, involved a lot of beer. Yeah, you could say that. But unlike a lot of people, you made your own. Correct. And that's how you got started in in brewing, correct? Correct. How did that how did that really come about? It all started when I was in college. I went to Radford for a couple of years and I used to go over to Virginia Tech uh, to visit some friends and they had this really cool craft beer bottle shop um, called a Vintage Cellar. And I would go in there every Thursday and buy up a bunch of beer, bring them back to my dorm room. You do this for a few months in a row, the guy got to know me. He was like, man, you're really into this. You, you, you love import beer. You love American craft beer. You're always asking for new things. Have you ever thought about making your own beer? You know, me, I just sat there. I was like, I don't even know you could do that. And uh, so I bought less beer that day and ended up buying a homebrew kit. And I started cooking beer on a hot plate in my dorm room. Yeah, the RA got a little weirded out on that one i think he thought i was cooking meth or something well those homebrew kits they're not cheap for college student no no uh apparently uh luckily for me my dad had put a overdraft protection on my check card so i didn't even realize you know that it stopped at one point so (laughs) until you know christmas or thanksgiving break when he was like what the hell are you doing up there (laughs) yeah you even uh your final college paper was about beer yep kind of two ways of looking at it, the brew pub situation or a uh, manufacturing facility. Um, It was after my, that freshman year when I came home, uh, my dad, I think it was more of a ceremonial title, but he was um, president or head of the uh, chamber of commerce at the time. And he said, you want to open a brewery? So he ended up uh, hooking me with, this this guy's name was Lee Scanlon. He owned uh, Steamship Brewing in Norfolk, literally about two blocks from where I'm located now. So I went to work for him and I loved it. I loved, uh, you know, the big machinery. I, I didn't mind the hard work that it took, but just was enamored with it. That paper, you should just call me doctor now. Cause it took me about eight years to graduate. Um, <laughs> during that period, homebrewing was still going on, but on a lesser occasion had some real work to do work for my dad's company, worked for bars, served at restaurants, used to work with one of Alvin's partners. And, uh, but I really loved, uh, the hospitality industry. Fortunately for me, that bug never went away and, uh, eventually, uh, opened up O'Connor Brewing Company. Back then though, you couldn't do what we do now with tasting rooms and things like that. So I went straight into a full on manufacturing plant and that was at the urging of my wife, well, girlfriend at the time, uh, she's my wife now. Uh, she was go do this. If you're going to do this, do it now. At that time, I was working for Cisco Foods. You're an you're a marketing associate. Yeah, back then, I think I just didn't wasn't that into it. 
but then I moved on and I, and I did what I did and, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the ups and downs, we can get to COVID later, but I mean, being a production facility is way different than what some of my friends have started over the last five to whatever years during the tasting room law. Obviously we took advantage of it, but at that time we were already packaging beer and getting it into the grocery stores. And uh, so we needed a much bigger facility. So you mentioned that back in the day you worked in restaurants and you had said that you met, you worked with my partner, Gary Black at Coyote Cafe. Mm-hmm. Were you into beer way back then? I mean, what was your motivation? Were you trying to, you know, produce some cheaper beer for you because you didn't have much money as a college kid or do, did you really like the idea of producing your own flavors and stuff? So I, I come from you know, a family that was built on entrepreneurism. Uh, my dad owned Twinbee Auto Parts. But I mean, you know, from auto parts to beer making, it's kind of funny. There was always something inside me that was, I'm going to do something myself, or I'm going to take my dad's company and make it bigger or whatever. And those were the, I guess, the founding principles of, hey, working for other breweries, I knew I could do it better, or, or I thought I could. And I think that's everybody's challenge of an entrepreneur, you think you can do it better. Going back to, I wanted cheaper beer. No, I think I was just more enamored with the fact that you could actually do it and make it. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. The first probably 10, 15 batches of beer were disgusting. I mean, I wouldn't, a I wouldn't curve. even serve that to my worst enemy, <laughs> you know? I mean, but it was, uh, it was that trial and let's try again. And, and, oh, well, uh, reading, uh, an old book from Sam Calzone from Dogfish Head was, was inspiring because it was basically like opening up the kitchen, uh, or the refrigerator and finding anything you could throw into it. And, and the beers got worse, but it was still fun. Working in the restaurant business, that was during my finishing up my doctorate, as I call it. Again, uh, working for restaurants, working for, I sold credit card processing for a little bit. Everything that I was doing, I didn't realize that was aimed back to the hospitality industry. So I thought, you know, as I was still hunkering in the the love for this, I want to create something. I want my own business and I want to do it and for everything from the creation of the product to the marketing of the product, there was always that avenue that I saw as an ends of means. And that's people like you uh, is coming in to the restaurants and talking about my beer and how it will, you know, pair well with your food and really getting out there through that avenue. We started draft only first, you know, it was expensive to get into canning and, and bottling and things like that. But I was not an idiot to realize that this is what I need to be moving towards is getting into the groceries and things like that as well. And the the learning process for you, is that just trial and error? Because like now with, with culinary student, students, you can go to a culinary school and learn. And then there's the internet now and you can learn from your favorite chefs how to do things. What was the uh, the route that you took? So with me, there was um, a lot of uh, school of hard knocks. I remember after I quit Cisco, I went over to St. George Brewing over in Hampton and um, asked for a job. And they said, uh, we're not hiring uh, I said, well, that's okay. I said, I still want to help. And they said, uh, well, we can't pay you. And I said, that's even better because I just want to learn. That's great. So I literally, for almost a year, I think I worked there. I think they started feeling sorry for me. <laughs> um, so they started paying me a little bit, but it wasn't anything crazy. I had some savings and again, working nights in bars and stuff like that. It was, it was fine because I just didn't, I think my passion was more like understanding and learning it than it was to make a lot of money at it. That's true passion there. That's awesome. And when they say if you uh, if you love what you do, if you love if you love your work, you never have to work again. It's not work, yeah. Well, I love it, but sometimes it's work. 
How many different beers do you have? How many different brews? So we have our big system and then we have our pilot system uh, for like research and development. When I was pulling out the cooler to bring beers to you guys, there was easily 25 different beers in the cooler. I just didn't have that much strength to carry it all. I was thinking we visited your place over there and I mean, I I don't know, you've got so many beers, so much to choose from. I wonder if you could name all your beers or you'd have to write them down and eventually after a couple of weeks, you'd probably get a complete list. Over the years, we've easily brewed hundreds of different beers. Uh, Again, whether it's 40 cases worth of beers or whether it's a guapo, millions of cases of beer, but there's things in the middle that they have been unforgettable for me. There's been things that I'm like, wow, we got to bring that back one day because it was so good. With El Guapo, that's one of the fastest growing beers in Virginia. Um, That's your Agave IPA. Can you tell us some more about that beer and why you think it was such a good hit? You know, there's there's the old adage of you can either brand the house or have a house of brands. And I think we as a company have done a great job of doing both. El Guapo, I remember El Guapo was, I think, our fourth or fifth beer we made. And back then, you know, we had our Norfolk Canyon Pale Ale, our Red Nun Red Ale, our Green Can Gold Ale. Fourth one was the Great Dismal Black IPA. And everybody kept asking me, when are you going to make an IPA? Well, so we, we have this great black IPA that you would, I think you would love. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, like an IPA IPA, like everybody else is doing. So we sat back and we knew we were going to make something, but we wanted to do something a little bit different. And there was beers like Hop Slam from Bell's. You know, I still think Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. To me, it's still an, it's an IPA, even though they call it a pale ale. But I just, those are the ones that I wanted to emulate. For me, I use uh, agave in my coffee. So we're sitting there messing around in a little test batch, a little basically a homebrew kit in our old brewery. And uh, a couple of the guys got together and I said, you know, what, what do you think about adding in agave into this mix? And what I've noticed with it, um, it became a beer, the liquid itself became a beer of balance, not too much hops in your face. You know, obviously it's got a seven and a half percent alcohol behind it. So it gave it that kind of bang for your buck. So then we started thinking, coming up with names. What are we going to name this? What are we going to name this? And um, I said, what about like something like El Capitan or something like that? And they were like, uh, and granted I'm, at the time and even right now, I think there's my dad, who's my CFO. There's like, I don't think there's anybody older than me in the company than my dad. Uh, I'm still like the old man now at the brewery. And when we came with the name, I said, what about a guapo? The guys that were working with me back then thought it was hilarious. They didn't know what it meant. And then of course I showed them you know, the film and they're like, Oh, that's hilarious. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think it's a great idea. So a buddy of mine, an artist drew out the picture for us. Um, we made a tap handle label for it. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went gangbusters. And when we moved it into package, as you can see, this, there's been a couple little moderation or modernization, I would say of the package throughout the time, but it's become one of those Virginia staples and, people just keep seem to be drinking it. Yeah, so. it's definitely become like people would ask for Budweiser or Bud Light or something. They ask for El Guapo. Well, at least they do at my restaurant. Yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. Kevin, some of our uh, listeners may not know what 
agave is and why it would be strange to interject it into beer. So if you wouldn't mind explaining that. And also uh, the film El Guapo, what's that about? I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, well, the film is The Three Amigos. Three Amigos. With Chevy Chase and Steve Martin. Okay. El Guapo is the bad guy in the movie. Ah, okay. I should have known that. <laughs> I hope I hope your listeners don't get all of this back to Chevy Chase and I get a big old cease and desist. But uh, um, yeah. and the agave. Oh, agave. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Hello. Uh, so agave is uh, is a natural sweetener. It's also used in. Uh, it can be used in distilled spirits for tequila and stuff like that. We use uh, organic raw agave. We actually have it shipped in from Mexico via California. And I want to say we're one of the largest, I think, buyers on the East Coast of agave. Wow. We just have pallets of it, and it's amazing. So with so many different beers and... Is it flavors? Is that is that what you call them, Kevin? Flavors, or you call them uh, styles? Styles, yeah. So, do you formulate recipes that you keep and you have so that two years later you can come back and make that oh, favorite again? One hundred percent. I mean, if it was analog, it would be binders. I'm pointing at yeah. his you know, desk over here. It'd be binders and binders full. And is that something that you like patent and keep as yours, or do people try and rip off your your different styles? We've had a lot of great brewers learn from us and then move on and, and open up their own great breweries. Um, I hate to believe that they're going to go and try to make the exact same liquid. Right. But at the end of the day, if somebody else put agave in their beer, what am I going to do? I mean, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. I think with me, there is a lot of beers that we've made and we keep an eye out, especially through our tasting room, what I call our liquid center, to get an idea what the customer thinks. And whether it's a small batch and it's like, man, that flew out of here. We sometimes will move it up into what we call our freestyle series, which is a little bit bigger uh, production. And then from there, it may find itself into our offshore seasonal, which is our seasonal program that goes into the grocery stores. So it's really helped us stay creative in this world of chaos called social media and what's new, what's new, what's new and trends and everything like that. It's really helped not only us as a company, but it's helped our brewers stay creative. It's helped me want to keep doing this, keep the passion alive, but it's also allowed us to bring actual data to our wholesalers and say, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're moving this into this position right now. We're going to do this for a year or two and then see how it goes. And again, once the consumer wanes, then we have a lot of backup behind it. So going back to the beginning, I think you started your brewery in 2008 um, when we were feeling the effects of that recession. Technically 2009. Shortly after, but but still we're in kind of the recession. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Uh, how, How were those early years? I had raised half a million dollars in five minutes. And I still remember the day when I was sitting on my couch and I was watching like a CNBC or something like that. And you just started seeing the stock market crash. I remember thinking, okay, don't miss. This is fine. You know, these people have, you know, family, friends, stuff like that. They got this. It's going to be fine. It's fine. And then it was got really nervous. Like the next day when it was still just plummeting. And, uh, I remember picking up the phone and I talked to my dad and my parents were living in Key West at the time. And I talked to him and he's like, Hey man, we've got a, we've got to skirt back. We got to figure this out now. And I knew right then and there, this was going to be a lot harder than I, uh, I led it to believe. So we actually, you know, the, the quintessential bootstrap it up. I bought used equipment 
I did a lot of the wiring myself. I did some of the plumbing myself, really just kind of jack-legged it together. I mean, I hate to say it worked, but it did. You know, I still remember the day we set our sights hell or high water. We were going to brew beer March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, fittingly for an O'Connor, but 2010. And that was it. We were going to do this. I remember that day specifically. I have my, I have a picture of me and my Irish little hat and my son, who was, I think, three at the time. He's 13 now, so 10 years old. Yeah, he was in my arms, basically a refrigeration unit, the glycol chiller. We hadn't even had that hooked up yet to keep the tanks cool. So this is all kind of going to be like just for pictures. We're going to make it and just dump it down the drain kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, the mechanical guys were out there, and they were they literally plugged it in fast enough and tied it all in and had glycol running by the time our batch was done, and that batch actually went out to market. Wow. And that was a uh, Norfolk Canyon. It was a proud moment, I guess. Yeah, it was like you said, it was scary. Yeah, but it was, uh, we did it. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we'll just, this X amount of 100 pounds of grain, we'll just go down the drain if not. And... So, what we're doing here is tasting your beers, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I like to do that because I'm not a, a huge beer drinker because I kind of get bloated with it. Right. But this is perfect because it's like tasting, it's like a flight. And, um, and Brady and I have been to your place and we've seen, we like the board where the descriptions are and the different names and that's kind of cool. I, I wanted to know if you do all that or if your staff help. But staff. You, you is it the staff? Yeah. <laughs> the place, the, your, your facility is amazing, by the oh, way. If you. anybody's listening and hadn't visited O'Connor Brewing, it's a great, I mean, it's just awesome just to walk in there and grab a beer. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had the Nitro Otis. What's Otis stand for? O'Connor's Dry Hour Stout. There we go. We won the, uh, this They're past year, good. we won the Great American Beer Festival gold medal. Three years ago, we won the World Beer Cup. And we won uh, four years in a row, we've won the Dublin, Ireland International uh, Championships. And we've beat Guinness every time. Wow. Are you yeah, there I'm, and present at these things? or COVID this year, no. Did not go to the Great American Beer Festival. It was virtual. And it was funny because I was actually, I, I was down in uh, the Outer Banks, went on an offshore fishing trip. After, you know, we were up all night the night before, we went fishing all day. We came back, we had dinner. I crashed early and my phone, I woke up to 75 texts. Oh, that's awesome. And I was what like, what feeling. the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, and we won the Great American Beer Festival. So I love Guinness and having that Otis is a, a great, I mean, I'm, maybe I got a new favorite. It was great. Thank you. I love it. I mean, I literally, I think I'm not even saying that. I just had one uh, last night. I poured it. My wife was looking at me like. Really? Just knocking back a uh, stout? <laughs> when this thing hit, I still remember, it was March 14th. That was actually, we were, we were about to celebrate our 10th anniversary. And when we started seeing the cases coming and all the news of the doom and gloom, we had to make a call and we canceled our 10th anniversary. Messaged as fast as we could out on social media that this is going to be very COVID-friendly. We've canceled a few bands. If you guys still want to come, that'd be great. And it wasn't the same party as it was years in the past and it was it was unfortunate but then all of a sudden sh shut down and it was like okay what do we do now so we moved immediately to, to go and i was lucky enough that people really supported that there was a thing that we called in the, the industry uh pantry loading and i i was lucky that we were already in the grocery stores for so many years and we had these nice sets, we call them, you know, the grocery sets in the in the uh, coolers and stuff like that. But the amount of beer that people were hoarding, like toilet paper, 
it was just insane. People were going in and buying as much beer as possible. And that was really our saving grace. They were hoarding beer. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that kept everybody, our entire production team, no one had, besides the holidays and paid time off and stuff like that, no one's really had, no one's lost a job. Everybody's yeah. been staying, working. We're our own little bubble. And um, it's been great. I mean, granted, I think there was, you know, in the heat of summer working on a, you know, bottom line and cane line, I think some of them were a little disgruntled with, man, you know, everybody else's, you know, you look at the people that didn't go back to work and, and I used to sit there and have to keep morale up. And, you know, 2020 was a horrible year for all of us, Just horrible. all of us, you know, the way, you know, again, I don't want to get into politics. I'm a good Irish Catholic boy. We don't talk about politics or religion when we drink, but you know, whatever side you lean on, right. It was, it was a hellacious year for this. And then on top of that, a pandemic, man. Yeah. I mean, it's. And, and what really sucks, you know, you wanted to celebrate your 10th year yeah. and that got put aside. I was yep. celebrate. I wanted to celebrate my 20th year mm-hmm. and that got put off and you know there's I plenty of other restaurants celebrated well a little bit but like you know there's lots of our friends who own restaurants like walter mizuno he's yeah he's wanted to celebrate his 25th year and you know he can he's got to put it on hold i mean there's a lot of us who are reaching these mileposts that we're proud of and want to celebrate with our you know, with our guests and our customers and our friends and we just we're not physically able to do that because of because of the virus yeah True. it's like time stopped yeah and, yeah yeah i've said it so many times you just lose track of time in this whole and I can't do the math, but 1939 here, <laughs> uh, I mean, 80, yeah, well, I mean, it's 81 years, 81, years. 81 full years. So, eight, we're in our just now our 82nd year. Wow. So, this beer is delicious, and I'm looking at the bottles and the cans and the, the artwork. And we noticed the artwork on the banners at, at your facility. Are you a budding artist? Do you have someone in particular who does this for you? A lot of the artwork that you're seeing right now came from, uh, his name is Anthony Brown. He's done a great job with a lot of our brands. The The beer, the Hip Hop Anonymous, that was a a beer, series of beers that we wanted to put together. You know, the, the craze of the hazy IPAs and things like that. We wanted to put together a series that could go out uh, into the grocery stores and, and compete like that. And, you know, the whole project between hip hop um, was to we're gonna we're gonna focus on different hops that we're doing. You look at my Vans and my Pumas that I wear all the time. You know, I I do like some hip hop music. Yeah, and, but um, what oh, we started, old school on new school. Oh, very old school. Okay, yeah, good, good man, good yeah. man. But we what we started doing with this project was we started going out into the community and finding uh, local street artists that could put together artwork that we thought would be killer on a can that would be killer on a side of a building. Once we got a few artists together, we threw it onto a label. Uh, this is volume four. And so we have five coming out soon and then six, seven, and it was supposed to be volume one and beyond. But now, you know, there's some people who are really digging it. So we might bring some back and call them remixes. Um, <laughs> nice. This has done really well. We, we put this out into the grocery store. We actually gave Kroger the first, to market, it became their uh, fastest growing skew in their stores in Virginia. Wow. So now it's all over, and, and I think people get a chance to uh, everyday drinkers can get a chance to try it. Since I haven't done homebrew, I've never met a beer I didn't like. I guess if I made it myself, I probably would. So I my brewers are working right now, but 
I'm very honest. Um, Sorry. And I'm sure, you know. <laughs> that's, that's good. I just tasted the. Uh, stacks. The yeah. uh, stacks. Snacks. snacks. Yeah. Chocolate milk stout. Wow. That's good. That's impressive. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just got a little. Well, I'm sure like there. Alvin in the back, back of the house can, you know, we were talking about our friend, Chef Willie Motes earlier. You, you like how you want things how it should be and things yep. like that. There's been plenty of beer that's come through that I didn't like. And we put it on tap because it was already made. And uh, this is at the brewery. At so the you'll, brewery. Try, you'll test it out. Yeah. In house. And uh, we put it at the brewery and it sells like gangbusters. Right. Mm. <laughs> is that because you put it on specials? Right. Or? Right. Dollar <laughs> pints, everyone. No. Uh, I'm not. I hate. I, I just really never tasted uh, a good and I'm, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I really don't like Hefeweizens. Uh, our head brewer, Kane, put together a Hefeweizen. I told him, I said, I, I don't care. I don't even want to taste it. I think it's gross. I think these beers are nasty. And uh, he finished the product. I think, I don't know if I was out of town or something, but it went up on draft. And I came in and somebody's like, have you tried the Hefeweizen yet? I was like, no, I don't want to. You know? <laughs> right. And uh, so I was like, fine, fine. You know, So I pour a little sample of it. And it was really good. He did a good job. I got to be honest with you. I tell him all the time, you know, I may not like the beer, right? but the consumer may, yeah. and I don't have to be right all the time. Can't please all the people all the time. Exactly. And that's your personal preference. You may not like, you know, like some people like dark beers yeah, and they don't like light beers. It's, Correct. Yeah. And I, go, I, go, I think we both go through the same thing with food. And sometimes we, there's things that aren't our cup of tea. But yeah. You are an ultra snob when it comes to food. Like, well, in reverse, you, like you don't like the super fancy, high end, uh, finicky, fussy stuff that I somewhat appreciate. Okay, yeah, um, that is not your thing. Uni foam is not my favorite thing to eat. <laughs> oh, this is the best uni foam I've my, ever had. Mine neither, but I would try it. You would, you would look at it and spit oh, I try it, and then I spit it out yeah, on the table. I know. Well, anyway, but I understand that some people like it because. Well, I mean, the classic question, I guess, for you would be, do you eat your fried shrimp? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Sorry. Bad one. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> I like it, too. It's good. I yeah. don't it's good. Shrimp. <laughs> but I also like his grilled shrimp, and he gets mad at me because I sometimes prefer the grilled shrimp over his fried shrimp. Yeah. But, you know. I don't get mad. It's just... Eh. <laughs> well, <okay>. a little. <laughs> so, Kevin, going back to the early days when you first brewing your own beer, and you had all these ups and downs, and... And pitfalls, what what advice would you give to someone who might be interested in brewing beer at home? And, you know, how would you tell them to avoid the, the rookie mistakes that you made? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. You're more of a janitor, more of a cleaner than anything. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you put the, the liquid together right, uh, you're make, basically making a sugary soup sauce and the yeast the yeast is going to do all the work for you so it's temperature control it's keeping everything as clean as possible so you don't infect anything after that i I think everybody should give it a whirl let me let me restate this don't do it in your kitchen you are going to make a mess and so the bathtub is preferred well or like if you have like an old turkey fryer or something like that do it outside if you can um because you're going to have boil overs Again, it's it's very you're you're converting that starch into sugar, and it becomes very very sticky. And if it blows everywhere inside your house, then you're going to be whether your wife, roommate, or whatever, you're going to have a lot of cleanup to do. <laughs> That's some so. good advice. What you're doing seems to be very. Um, it, to me, it sounds like pastry making or baking because it's so 
scientific, but then you got the flavor aspect too. You right. know, you got to bring it all together. It's just a, uh, it's pretty complex. Put some boots on, come over and brew with us. <laughs> I, I would love to. Yeah, it'd yeah. be fun. We should. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and do some different things this year. Um, so yeah, thanks for the invitation. Yeah. I'll be there. Anytime. So I've said so many times when COVID hit, you know, many people who came to me, hey, what is your take on this? I was really more worried about my friends in the restaurant business because I could see how I don't want to get sick or I don't want to come in and you have to shut down all this kind of stuff. And, and I do believe that if there was a federal response, we could have gotten through this quicker. Um, but at the end of the day, you guys create an experience. I absolutely love going to restaurants. I want those days to come back. It's always, you know, ego aside, it was always fun to go to a bar and, or go to your restaurant and, and see that even if I didn't No offense, cause every time I've been to your restaurant, I probably drink wine or <laughs> vodka, but, um, once you're drinking something, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. But I think to me, it's really, it was always cool to see my tap and watching people drink it. And I just want those days to come back. I, 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 I feel the pain for the restaurant industry across America that just can't seem to get the help they need so desperately right now. It's going to be proud moments when you see people actually drinking what you have provided and made. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. I mean, like we in restaurants, we get food and we put it together and it's, it's kind of different, but this is well, it's, it's kind of like product. if you went to a, to a restaurant in, uh, in Blacksburg yeah. and somebody was eating your dish yeah. that w- it's, it's like cobalt, Grill Virginia Beach Cobalt Grill Penny Pasta Chicken oh, Penny oh, Pasta Oh my Beef yeah. Wellington Beef Wellington Which, which I'm gonna albums. start I'm gonna stop packaging And freezing <laughs> yeah, There you go <laughs> Alright Lightning round Oh yeah okay. Lightning round Alright Alright So uh, <laughs> What is your favorite movie And you cannot say El Guapo No uh, The Godfather Oh uh, my, man. my man If yeah. it comes on TV My son's just like you're watching it again. Yes, I am. I'm I'm in for three hours. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, we have the same. Which first the one, same second equation. one, or third one? Well, it's not even going to mention the third one. First yeah, or second? Uh, first one. Okay. Favorite meal? I always joke that my dying meal is a uh, a Norfolk snap dog, hot dog. Jimmy the Greek and Virginia Beach and Tony's in Norfolk used to. That's. I mean, I grew up doing that. Yeah, so delicious. I just sit there and put it as my di- my wife hates when I say this, but I do. I I'm I love hot dogs for some reason. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Are you traditional with them? Do you do the, the sauerkraut and mustard or um uh mustard, chili and onions, that's it. Mustard, if you if you chili. put ketchup on it <laughs> that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> you know they didn't even back in the day, Jimmy's and Tony's, they wouldn't even put they don't even have ketchup in there. In and the if building. you ask, they I think they would ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just for my Greek friends. So All right, what is your favorite beverage? Everybody's gonna always think it's beer. Yeah. I, I, I love beer. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of. Uh, but that's a, like a busman's holiday. You go home at the end of the day and drink a beer. Probably yeah. Not so, you know. Is it- so I love beer, but I drink a lot of red wine at home. And I, my wife got, we, my wife got this juicer and uh, it's one part either Hendrick's gin or one part Tito's vodka. And then it's fresh lime, a simple syrup, kind of like a agave. And then uh, in Topo Chico, it's simple. And what is Topo Chico? It sounded like Topo a gimlet Ch- until you said this. Topo, now, Topo, Topo Chico is that uh, mineral Mexican mineral water. Huh. Oh. Get it at Food Lion. Fancy. I literally buy it by the twelve pack. I think I'm the only guy right. that buys it. <laughs> well, we'll support it. Topo Chico. Yeah. Topo Chico. All right. Check it out. All right. Uh, three words that you think best describe yourself: tall, dark, and handsome. 
No. <laughs> hey, that's my answer. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has a <laughs> short, light, and funny. I don't know. <laughs> so, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Well, what would be your other dream job? You know, uh, at one point, I wanted to be a marine biologist just because I like the ocean and I like surfing and I like fishing and boating and things like that. Um, like George Costanza. Yeah, but then I, uh, yeah, <laughs> then I. <laughs> The science, yeah. I didn't want to pull golf balls out of whales. Best advice you've ever received. Or given. Oh. Well, things that I, I've given and have received is uh especially in the entrepreneurial world, you know, you're gonna there's gonna be many ups and downs. Just stay true to yourself, be passionate about what you're trying to do and 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 just stick with it. You know, I have heard over and over again, if you, you find something you truly love, you'll never work a day in your life. Um I actually believe that. If you could be someone else for a day, who would it be and why? If I was going to have a beer with somebody, I I would love to have a had a beer in his prime with like a like a Sean Connery or like mm. a Marlon Brando. I don't know if I want to be them. Right. But I think I'd like to just kind of hang out with them. Small claim to fame, I cooked for Sean Connery once. Very cool. Many years ago. Very cool. <laughs> he recently passed, right? 2020. He did. Casualty of 2020. Yeah. He did, but he he lived in a I worked in a hotel in London and there were apartments there and he lived in one of the apartments. Part of growing up in those hotel industries, you have to work the night shift and he ordered a meal late night and I cooked it for him and, and he enjoyed it. Yeah. That was one of those things that keeps you going when someone says, Hey, I like what you did. And then you, I don't want to butcher a Scottish accent. You got a Sean Connery accent. Uh, if I could have the eggs, Benedict. <laughs> Lord. Bring the chef up here. I want to talk to him now. <laughs> Kevin, thanks for being here with us and uh, telling us about your brewing company. Where, where can people find uh, your brews and your list? And you have a website or Instagram? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, O'Connor Brewing uh, on all those. And uh, O'ConnorBrewing.com. That is O-C-O-N-N-O-R brewing.com. What is your address location in Norfolk? It's 211 West 24th Street, Norfolk 23517. Well, once again, thanks for being here with us on The Check. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again another time. And Happy New Year for 2021. Happy New Year, both y'all. Thank you. Happy New Year. And you can check out The Check at thecheckpodcast.com and see... Uh, pictures from this episode um, other episodes transcripts what else we have on there links absolutely videos all of that all of that well I'm Alvin I'm Brady and this is The Check Check.